You're listening to the Script Lab Podcast. I'm Shaney Edwards. Writer-director Andrea Burloff was nominated for an Oscar for her 2015 screenplay, Straight Outta Compton. Today I talked to her about her new film, The Kitchen. It's about the wives of New York gangsters in Hell's Kitchen in the 1970s who continue to operate their husband's rackets after they're locked up in prison. Actresses Melissa McCarthy and Tiffany Haddish are incredible, but the standout performance is from Elizabeth Moss. Andrea tells me about crafting comic book characters into three-dimensional ones, styling the violence, and the unusual reason she didn't let her actresses go through gun training. Take a listen. So hi. Hi. I saw your movie last night, The Kitchen. It's fantastic. Thank you. It's brutal. It's intense. Really enjoyed it. Um, Thank you. I know that this started as sort of a graphic novel. So I'm wondering if you had to sort of take these essentially comic book characters and flesh them out and make them real and tell me a little well, bit Well, sure, about but that was one of the things that I found really special and unique about this specific comic book was that a lot of it was there. This was, these were interesting women and things were not cut and dry and, you know, it was a complex, interesting, gritty world that they were living in. It, you know, not in any way were they superheroes. They were, they felt like complex um, authentic women on the page. So that to me was really fresh and inspirational. And it's, you know, one of the reasons I really wanted to tackle this was that I felt like I'd never seen anything like this before. I'd never seen, you know, a a true mob story, a true gangster story with women at the center of it in a way that like, you know, they're not just a bunch of babes running around in bikinis with guns. Like this is like real women doing real gangster stuff. Um, and I thought that was really fresh and, and inspirational. Yeah, absolutely. We've seen mob wives portrayed a bunch of times. Um, what's different about these mob wives? These are this is their story. They are not the wives. They are the they are the protagonists. It's their story. The husbands take on the role in this world of the, being the secondary characters, which is I, again, I don't think that we've seen that really before. Correct. Yeah. Well, it's great. Yeah. I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, Claire, sure. that, played by Elizabeth Moss. So she's in an abusive relationship with her husband, and she probably has the most growth, Mm -hmm. maybe, of all the characters. Maybe you can tell me a little bit about Claire. What I always say is cool about Claire is that she experiences like almost every emotion of that a human can experience over the course of the movie. So whether it's grief and longing and love and desire and um, you know finding self confidence, I mean, sort of every sing- it's a microcosm of the entire human experience um, built into an hour and forty five minutes for her. And and of course, you know, because it's such a she is the emotional heart of the movie. We needed an actress who could deliver on that, and Elizabeth certainly is the one to do it. She, um, she is just a, a, like a, an acting savant. She's, she's amazing. She's really good in this. Um, she I is. mean, she really took the ball and ran with it. She did. I thought it was really interesting that she comes from being beat up, and it's sort of implied that that happened as a kid as, to her as well. And yet she has this transformation where she's the one that's sort of getting rid of the bodies. (laughs) I mean, she definitely has probably the most extreme arc of the three. But that felt really, you know, I kept saying, as we all journey through life, nobody is, you're always the same person as you were when you were five. Nobody becomes somebody new. So don't expect anything new out of people. They show you who they are and they stay that way. I think that that ferocity was probably within her, which is what allowed her to survive for so long in these horrible circumstances. Um, And she just needed to have the freedom to let her true self come out. Melissa McCarthy 
plays Kathy. Yes. And she's sort of the most domestic of the three, yet she's kind of the brains because she's the one that's like, no, we got to make a change, right? But she also has the most at stake because she's got the kids. Right. Tell me a little bit about how you saw her. Well, what is exciting to me about Kathy is that, you know, well, with all three of the characters, you know, I was able to put little pieces of my own experience into all three of them. And so, you know, Kathy, for me, I, I am a mom with kids and I was able to really explore what is that like if for a half a second I ever thought my children wouldn't, you know, be close and sheltered and fed or that their safety was on the line, how would I behave as a mother um, given all of that? So, you know, I think that her role is unique in that um, there's, there's a scene where Melissa is pushing her kid on a swing while she is um, talking to a couple of the gangsters and she's giving them orders and directions. And I love her performance in this scene because I feel like it's the perfect combo of gangster mom, gangster lady, you know, like it, the duality that lives within everybody. You know, we have our, we all have our home lives, right, where we take on this role or that role to our family members. And then we go out in the world and we have another life. And too often those two roles are bifurcated. And it's really a struggle for all of us. We all like, you know, try to put on a good face and go to work and go out in the world and then go home and scream at our kids or, you know, have to do the laundry. And um, that bifurcation is, is really stressful in the modern world, having these two different masks on. Um, and what I love about that scene with her is it's like she's in control of everything. She's got the kids, she's got the job, she's got it all. And it's just this like very quiet moment of a woman pushing her kid on the swing set, but she is ferocious and she's in control. And I thought like how fun it is to, to be able to take off all the masks and just be your authentic self, everything at once and not have to worry about keeping up appearances here or there. You, you mentioned that you're a mom. Could you see yourself? sort of taking over an operation like this? <laughs> I'm not a gangster. I'm not that into guns. Um, but, you know, it's... Uh, directing a movie is a lot like wrangling a whole bunch of mobsters. <laughs> Everybody's running around with their own opinion. You know, you got to keep everybody focused. So, yeah, it's, you know... Fair enough. Skills. Hopefully the uh, body count from the set was a lot a less, less than... Less. We had a good time. <laughs> and then Tiffany Haddish, who I just love. I love all of these actresses, but... She plays Ruby, and she's sort of the outsider. And then she's got a few reveals that I won't spoil, yeah, but... Um, some big twists. Yeah. Maybe you can talk a little bit about how you see her fitting into this Irish mob life. Right. Well, she marries into the mob and, you know, has a very complicated relationship with her husband, uh, played by James Badgedale, and her mother-in-law, played by Margot Martindale, um, the inimitable Margot Martindale. And, um, you know, it's really complicated, and I tried to get at how messy families can be. And, yes, race is at the center of their complication, but we all have complications with our husbands, our mother-in-laws, our kids, you know, whatever it might be. Family dynamics can be very messy. So, you know, and she has a mother as well um, who also is complicated. So, you know, all of that messy family dynamics feeds her and feeds her um, role that, again, she um, is very quiet and very observational, for much of the movie, and then um, there is a, you know, thing, things change as the movie goes on. She grows and changes. Um, so, you know, I thought what Tiffany did exceptionally well was learning to be comfortable with the stillness. She's obviously such a vivacious, incredibly talented uh, performer, and, you know, what I was most impressed by were the moments where she found real stillness and strength in that stillness and the power in the stillness and um, I think audiences are going to be completely blown away by what she's able to do. Like, nobody's going to see her coming. She's, she's the real deal. Oh, absolutely. You have two comedic powerhouses, you know, in your cast. Were you tempted to make this more of a comedy? No, because then it wouldn't... You know what? I want these women and their stories to be taken seriously. 
And if I were to let them like, you know, do funny versions of every scene, you're going to just laugh at this, you know, look at these silly girls. And that was not at all what I wanted. These are like really tough, intelligent, strong, gritty women. And if I let them cut it up at every moment, it would have lost the, the, the heart of the movie. Sure. So this takes place in 1978, which is a very different time period than what we're in now. What were the challenges that you saw uh, portraying women in 1978, and how are they different or similar to today? What's great, I think, about period pieces is that it allows us to examine contemporary issues um, with a harsher uh, magnifying lens. You know, the fact that Yes, in 1978, women had less opportunities, and there was racism, and there was poverty, and there was classism, and and all of that good stuff. But those things still exist today. And by watching a period piece, you know, we can perhaps reflect upon our times more than anything. And then, of course, allowing women in that space and that era to thrive, to have fun, to become empowered. By the end of the movie, you know, I'm hoping that people walk out of there thinking, like, that was a complete blast. And they, I want to be like those women. They're, they are antiheroes, but they are badass. And what can I take on in the world? What can I conquer in the world? And, you know, sometimes looking to the past allows you to, to celebrate that more in the present. Oh, sure. There's a lot of violence in the movie. You have to be very careful tonally, I think, when you... Uh, have a lot of violence. How did you figure out the tone of the violence and execute it visually? Sure. I had a really specific take on how I wanted the violence. There has to be violence. It's a gangster movie. So if you're going to have to have violence, how do you do it, right? I think um, violence is really upsetting, and I think we have a real gun problem in our country, and um, guns are very upsetting. So I didn't want to ever have guns look cool or be cool. I don't think they're cool. Um, I think they're awful. And so I wouldn't let the women do any firearms training. I wanted them to look awkward with the guns when they had guns in their hands. You know, it would be like if I picked up a gun or you picked up a gun. They shouldn't look cool and expert at it. They should look like wives who suddenly have to pick up a gun. So they should be shaky and nervous, and it should feel heavy in their hands. Um, I also made sure that I um, turned up the volume on each gunshot so that every time you hear a gunshot, you flinch and you blink. Um, and you feel it. It's a visceral experience. It's not like you're just watching the violence go by and you're like, oh, there's somebody else. There's some-. Like you're feeling each one of the deaths. The deaths are there for a reason. They're not gratuitous. They're part of the storytelling. Nobody dies for no reason. And it's really not blood. I mean, I know it's violent, but the movie is not bloody. It's not gory. Um, there's very little blood, actually. Um, and it really is about what the audience's imagination is bringing to the table for many of those deaths. Um, but you know, my hope is that with the violence that we're saying something that's a, it's a little different than, than many other gangster movies. Sure. And did you describe, um, these things in the script or was this something that you just came to as a director? I came to it. Well, the, the deaths I was clear in the script had to be there for a reason that I didn't just want, it wasn't a slasher movie that the deaths had to be plot driven and they had to fulfill part of the storytelling of the women's journeys. Um, but the, in the, the directing of it was when I realized, no, I don't want them to do firearm. Yes, that would be traditional for a movie, but I don't want them to do it. And you know what? We're going to make sure that these sounds are loud so that it gets people's attention and makes them flinch a little bit. Sure. Did anything unusual or surprising happen on set? I don't know that it was anything particularly unusual, but we, um, I think this sounds so like trite, but I really like it was the biggest surprise was how much the women, the three actresses actually got along so beautifully and perfectly. And they they just had so much fun together that I kind of couldn't believe it. And you can't 
manufacture that and you can't make them like each other and that was just like they developed friendships and they are having so much fun together and I think that kind of energy really fed the film so I got really lucky that they all just got along because that was not going to be a given but um, it was it just really worked did making this movie uh, teach you anything about yourself or did you surprise yourself in any way Oh, that's a great question. I don't know. I'm still a little bit not seeing the forest for the trees. <laughs> Can you talk to me next week after the movie opens what I've learned? Um, you know, I feel like, listen, I have had a really lovely run of things and I've had 15 years or so as a professional screenwriter. So I've been on tons of sets and I've had the enormous benefit of watching lots of directors um, do things that worked and do things that I thought didn't work. So I was able to sit there quietly for 15 years and watch and, you know, really think to myself, what would I do differently? What would I do the same? What would I steal? What good ideas are out there? And, um, you know, I was, it was high, I was really happy to see that a lot of my, um, my big dumb ideas paid off. <laughs> so if my listeners uh, aren't aware, you were nominated for an Oscar for Straight Outta Compton. And I'm, being completely honest with you, that was my favorite movie of 2015. Oh, nice. Thank I you. didn't expect, you know, my boyfriend wanted to go, you know, I was sure. like, oh, okay. I loved it. Thank you. Can you tell me a little bit about how you got that job? The Compton job? Yeah. Sure. Um, I, I wish I could remember the year. I, it was 2000, maybe 11. Um, that new line uh, was hearing takes from writers, pitches from writers. Uh, Ice Cube had gone to New Line and said, I want to do this. And um, they started meeting with writers to, to hire somebody. And, you know, I went in and said, listen, I think you have a really cool idea here, but the movie is not a biopic of the band. That's not what's going to get people excited. What's going to get people excited is to create an event out of this. This is a movie about First Amendment rights, police abuse, racism in America. You know, this is a story about these big things. And, and it's within all of us, the idea of, and what's, now I'm on a tangent, but like what I find interesting is it's the same themes that I'm continuing to explore in the kitchen. You know, young men, in my case women, who are being disrespected, who don't feel like they're being given opportunities, who want something more out of life, who want to go out and get it and have to figure out a way to like what's their authentic voice what do they have to say they want to go get something um and i think i don't know why that that theme continues to appeal to me to like people who don't you know who don't have a voice who don't feel heard who want to go out and make something with their life um so that was what i pitched them um back in 2011 or whatever it was and uh yeah 2015 there, <laughs> there you go there was the movie that's really 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 cool Thanks. I'm a screenwriter as well, and my listeners are all screenwriters. So right now I'm working on sort of a female empowerment movie. It's sort of a time period back in the 1980s. Do you have any advice for writing female empowerment stuff? I just think it's, whether it's female empowerment or anything, what I keep saying to people is go big. And that means like take big swings and don't don't play, don't be safe. Go for that brash, bold, crazy idea that you think, oh, nobody will ever make this. But you know they might not, but they also will know that you have a specific voice and a specific something to say. I mean, I just think that, like, there's, we, you know, it's, it's a writing career is so hard. And it's so hard to have people note you to death and ruin your script. And you have to, like, there's a reason you were hired or in the first place or a reason you set out to tell the story in the first place. And that is, like, uniquely what is yours and uniquely what is special. And you have to make sure that your voice is there because otherwise, you know, they can hire 100 other people to tell the same story. What's special about you? 
So that's been something that I've really tried to work on over the years is like just you know, go for it. Go for the big story point. It can always pull you back, but like at least do something specific and challenging and thoughtful that is uniquely yours. That's great. Um, what are you working on next? I don't know yet. I'm looking at a few things, but I, yeah, I don't know. I don't have a specific job at the moment. Do you have a dream project? No, <laughs> I don't. I don't. You know, I think that what I try to do is I go from genre to genre. I don't necessarily work in one specific genre. I, I always love to find movies that feel really different to me. You know, whether it's Compton or The Kitchen, these are not movies that you have seen before. They have something special to say. They're interesting. They're event movies. They're a reason to go to the theater. That's what interests me. I don't want to make movies that feel like you've seen five of them before. I want to make movies that you have never seen this before, and I'm going to give you a reason to go to the movie theater. I think that's the only way to get movies made these days. Great. Thank you so much, you. Andrea. I wish you the absolute best of luck with The Kitchen. That's nice. Thank Everybody you. should go see it. Please. It's a lot of fun. Thank you. Thank you.